Consultation with tribes is not consent. I urge you. And we urge DEQ. I urge you. For these reasons, I respectfully request. I think it's important to make clear. A no on this 401 permit will be a deeply honorable no. This is Oil & Water Relay. I'm Joe LaVisca. And I'm Rachel Dunkeld. Oil & Water Relay is a conversational space where we sift through recent news about Keystone XL and related oil and gas projects from around the U.S. and the world. This is a chance for us to share our emerging insights and pass the conversation on to you, our listeners. Each episode, Joe and I will talk through a handful of recent news stories, summarizing the basic points of the story and offering our interpretations. But today, we're changing things up a little. After the Montana Department of Environmental Quality public comment hearing on the KXL water crossing permit held on November 16th over Zoom, Joe and I were so inspired by your words as the citizens of Montana that we decided to make an episode of Your Voices. Rather than hearing from us, we're going to feature you, the voices of fellow Montanans offering their opinions. You know, Joe, in movements for change, there's always more work to be done. Every time people gather, every time we hold actions, we know there's more to be done. Burnout is pretty common because when faced with such large players as Keystone XL and foreign governments, it's difficult to feel as though what you're doing is making any kind of impact. We don't often celebrate just how far we've come. This episode is our way of acknowledging the work. Montanans have been paying attention to this pipeline for over 10 years, and as you'll see in this collection, they aren't ready to back down. Citizens like Summer Nelson, Frank Holloman, and Joan Cressage are still speaking up for the land and for their communities. And that's something to be proud of. Yeah, so the Montana Department of Environmental Quality hosted this meeting in order to solicit public comments about a permit application by TC Energy to cross 201 water bodies in Montana under Section 401 of the Federal Clean Water Act. Moira Davin uh, is the Montana DEQ's public relations specialist, and she hosted the meeting, which kicked off with a short presentation by her colleague, Keenan Starrar, who is the DEQ water quality specialist and project lead on this Keystone permit. So one thing you'll hear from Keenan is that Montana DEQ has actually already stated that they are inclined to accept the permit application. And I think it's really important to highlight a tension that we'll hear in this meeting up front. The DEQ's interest here is to solicit substantive comments that address the specific legal codes under consideration. So their purview is extremely narrow. But the Montanans we hear from see this permit in a much wider context. What they're saying won't necessarily change the outcome of the permit application, but that doesn't mean they aren't important comments as a matter of public record. We haven't included all the speakers here, but we can tell you that none of the speakers we heard in this three-hour meeting spoke in favor of granting this permit. And just to be clear, we have edited these clips for length and clarity. So we've got an administrative structure inclined toward TC Energy's plans and a public reaction that is uniformly against granting this permit. Now, one final note that I want to make. Montana DEQ acknowledged at the beginning of the meeting that representatives from TC Energy were in attendance, but they were not named or made visible to folks making public comment during this meeting. We're recording this on November 24th, 2020. 
You can find Oil & Water Relay on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcasting apps, or go to our website at oilandwaterpod.com. We'll also post written stories from our reporting on our blog, so check back often. Let's hear from this meeting. All participants have been muted automatically to just make sure everyone can hear the presentation clearly. Please remain muted until we call on you to provide comments later on in this hearing. Please note this hearing is to hear from you, the public. If you have signed up to provide public comment, you will be called on during the public comment portion. Tonight you will hear a presentation from DEQ with background and information on the Section 401 Water Quality Certification for the Keystone XL Pipeline Project in Eastern Montana. The project requires a water quality certification because the pipeline would cross wetland and water body features that are regulated under Section 404 of the Clean Water Act. Now DEQ's Keenan Starrar will provide a brief presentation on the topic. Thank you, Keenan. Section 401 certification is a federal state cooperative program that recognizes, preserves, and protects the primary responsibilities and rights of states to prevent, reduce, and eliminate pollution. TransCanada Keystone Pipeline submitted an application for Section 401 water quality certification to DEQ and an application for Section 404 permit with the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers for the Keystone XL Pipeline project. DEQ reviewed the application and in August 2020, DEQ found the application to be administratively complete. DEQ made the tentative determination to conditionally issue a 401 water quality certification on September 25th, 2020. The special conditions are found within the public notice at the website shown. The project will install a 36 inch diameter pipeline across eight counties crossing 201 wetland and water body features regulated pursuant to section 404 of the Clean Water Act. The majority of construction crossings will implement the open cut dry trenching method and could cause temporary suspended sediment. The trenchless horizontal directional drilling method underneath water bodies will be utilized to avoid water quality impacts at specific water bodies and wetlands, including the Milk, Missouri and Yellowstone rivers. The project will result in the permanent disturbance of roughly 0.06 acres of wetlands and 0.04 acres of water bodies due to the construction of permanent access roads. The applicant is not proposing compensatory mitigation resulting from water quality impacts associated with the construction of the pipeline. At this time, I will hand the hearing back to Moira. So thank you, Keenan. We appreciate that overview. We are now entering the public comment period. The purpose of the public hearing is to hear from you with information or evidence that will assist us with evaluating possible water quality impacts caused by the construction of this project under the authority of 755402 Montana Code Annotated and the Administrative Rules of Montana 1730-101 through 1730-109, 401 certification and Section 401 of the Federal Clean Water Act and 33 USC Section 1341. A public notice was issued on September 25th, 2020. To view more information as well as a copy of the application, please visit deq.mt backslash public backslash public comment. Each commenter will have three minutes and will be notified when they have 30 seconds left. So the first commenter we have signed up tonight is Angeline Cheek. Angeline. 
Yeah. Good evening, everyone. My name is Angeline Sheik, and I'm Dakota Lakota from the Fort Peck Assiniboine of Sioux Tribe, and I deny any certification or permit for the Keystone Pipeline due to violations of the Montana Constitution. The Montana Constitution states under Article 9, Environment and Natural Resources, Section 1, we have a right to a clean and healthful environment. This pipeline jeopardizes the health of tribal enrolled members by contaminating our drinking water and jeopardizes our entire way of living in harmony with the Earth's natural resources. The construction of this pipeline could violate our unalienable rights listed under Constitution of Montana Article 2, which is the Declaration of Rights. Section 3 and would harm countless people and communities Fort Peck's drinking water was contaminated for years because of the oil pollution and chemical spills in our aquifer. This project would have a negative impact on the $300 million water project known as the Assiniboine Sioux Rural Water Supply System. Treatment that supplies clean drinking water to the entire northeastern part of the state, including towns off the Fort Peck Reservation. So why does the state of Montana get to have clean drinking water while the reservation has to continue to suffer at the hands of the government and state? This oil pipeline will break and become weathered, which will cause more damage to our natural resources and destroy historical native sacred sites. These individual pipes have been designated to be used for this pipeline and has been an open storage pipe yards for approximately 10 years. Consultation with tribes is not consent, not to mention the increased crime rates of drug trafficking, human trafficking and abductions that have already happened in various states such as Wyoming, Michigan, Canada, North Dakota, Montana elected officials must put people before profits by equally upholding the Montana constitution articles. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Angeline. Next up, we have Dina Hoff. Dina Hoff, if you're here, please unmute yourself and you have three minutes. Okay, I'm Dina Hoff. And my husband and I run an irrigated farm on the Yellowstone River downstream from where the proposed pipeline crossing will be. In 2015, the Bridger pipeline failed under the river ice by our sheep pasture. And this was a 12 inch pipeline carrying crude oil. Downstream, Glendive had toxic, unusable water for some time while an emergency plan was formulated after the fact. The ill-conceived Keystone Pipeline is a 36-inch pipeline. It's carrying tar sands bitumen, which is one of the dirtiest substances in the world, and when spilled, is extremely damaging, difficult to clean up. This pipeline is a threat to tribal sovereignty, to private property rights, and to climate. Water is the lifeblood of Montana, so why would we even consider trusting a foreign corporation with a history of significant pipeline failures in both North Dakota and South Dakota to reliably monitor and maintain this risky project in Montana after documenting their record of failures? Why endanger economically, environmentally essential historic rivers, aquifers, and wetlands to facilitate a transport route 
from one foreign nation to other foreign nations. 201 crossings in Montana alone. The Lower Yellowstone River Coalition is currently working on plans to expand recreational access to the Lower Yellowstone Corridor in Eastern Montana. This pipeline is a danger not only to this project, but it risks harming millions downstream who rely on clean water for drinking, for irrigating, stock water, for wildlife, for recreation. This pipeline is not in the national interest, the global interest, and certainly not in Montana's interest. You must take ample time to carefully study each site-specific crossing and the cumulative impacts on Montana's waterways. I urge you to deny this 401 permit and protect our water, our lifeblood from irreparable harm. Thank you. Thank you, Dina, appreciate it. Okay, I'm gonna go on to Frank Holloman. Hi, this is this is Frank Holloman. Uh, I'm an attorney for the Assiniboine and Sioux tribes of the Fort Peck Indian Reservation. Uh, I'd just like to quickly emphasize that the tribes are in a unique position in Montana. The tribes reside on the Fort Peck Indian Reservation, which is less than a quarter mile downstream on the Missouri River from where the Keystone XL pipeline will cross under the river. So the tribes are not only uniquely placed as a matter of geography or history, but they're uniquely placed legally because they have treatment as a state status, which is recognized by the EPA under the Clean Water Act. Under that status, the tribes have promulgated water quality standards for water on the reservation, including the Missouri River. And those water quality standards protect all kinds of uses of water, including recreational, drinking, uh, the protection of aquatic life, uh, navigation and cultural and religious uses of water, which are central to tribal traditional religious and cultural practices. Uh, and that needs to be taken account of in the 401 certification, the tribe's water quality standards need to be considered. The tribe's interest as a co-regulator of the river with the state of Montana need to be considered. And right now, the project-specific conditions don't provide the tribes the consideration, the consultation, and the involvement that they are due as a sovereign regulator of the Missouri River. And if TransCanada can't comply with the tribe's water quality standards, then the 401 certification ought to be denied. Uh, thank you for your time. And like I said, the tribes will be presenting written comments before November 30th. Summer Nelson is up next. Summer Nelson, you have three minutes. Please state your first and last name. Thanks, my name is Summer Nelson. I'm the chapter director for the Montana chapter of the Sierra Club. I offer these comments on behalf of our over 15,600 members and supporters in Montana who have consistently spoken out to identify risks to Montana waters, communities, and our climate from the Keystone XL pipeline. We wanna lift up and voice our solidarity with the concerns expressed by the Fort Peck, Assiniboine, and Sioux tribes at Fort Belknap about impacts to their drinking water, cultural sites, treaty rights, and the crisis of missing and murdered indigenous women and sexual violence that is known to increase with pipelines and work camps such as this, as well as the impact to our ongoing climate crisis. Though this pipeline was first proposed more than a decade ago, it has yet to undergo the type of comprehensive site-specific and cumulative impact assessment that is needed for this project and its wide-ranging impacts on wetlands and water bodies. 
If built, it would cross more than 700 water bodies along the full route, many multiple times, and more than 200 of those in the state of Montana. So far, the analysis has been a bit like a game of pass the hot potato, each agency deferring to another agency or another part of the process, passing the buck and counting on the other to fill in gaps in the analysis or for the public to miss that that analysis had not been done. Those gaps remain, and it appears that once again, TC Energy seeks to get the green light without that site-specific water body by water body analysis being completed. The assessment also so far appears to rely largely on industry-funded studies. We asked DEQ to ensure that its review uh, includes independent studies and an independent review by the agency to ensure an unbiased and fully informed assessment of impacts. With over 200 water crossings in Montana, the risk of impacts to water quality and our communities from spills cannot be overstated, particularly considering Keystone XL's predecessor, Keystone One, has a history of major leaks, including 16,800 gallons of oil that leaked in 2016, 210,000 gallons in 2017, and 380,000 in 2019. We simply cannot afford the risk of spills and the devastation it would cause to Montana communities and water bodies. There's also the risk of impacts from the construction itself, from including sedimentation, habitat loss, erosion, and industrialization of rural areas. We urge DEQ to take the full year that it is allowed to complete a thorough and robust assessment, consider all the impacts, and ensure that there's a cumulative site-specific analysis done and we urge DEQ ultimately to deny this as a violation of our constitutional rights and the treaty rights of tribes within Montana. Thank you. Next up, we have Suda calling last. Suda calling last, you have three minutes. Oki niksukoaks nestuokok sutakiop sakobachkomi numfto sitapi abate sitapikski amskapi pikani. Hello, my friends. My name is Rain Woman, last one standing on the battlefield making the war cry, or the shorter version, Suta calling last. I am blood and I am Blackfeet. I also have a degree in environmental studies, water resources, specializing in mining contamination cleanup. Today, I'm the director of Indigenous Vision, where we work to map environmental injustices like abandoned mines and spills that have gone without cleanup and or have had a significant impact on the land to the water and to the indigenous people's subsistence and treaty needs. The tar sands oil or diluted bitumen that will be flowing through our 283 miles of Montana pipeline is not like ordinary crude oil. The entire process is extremely water intensive, putting critical and chronic stress on water resources for Alberta, whom we share an international jurisdiction and watershed management responsibilities with. Our nor northern neighbors have made the grave mistake of putting short-term economy ahead of the need of future generations. Every day, millions of gallons are, of water are diverted from the lower Athabasca River for the tar sands mining operation. And currently, the tar sands uses 2.4 barrels of fresh water for every barrel of tar sands produced. If approved, the company's goal is to increase water usage to 133 billion gallons of water per year taking water from one of the longest free-flowing rivers in North America, the Athabasca River, which is already experiencing critical low flows. There is already irreparable harm to water and land that is criti that critically impacts the waters that we share with Alberta and the many species that depend on clean tributaries and headwaters. The chemical makeup of oil and oil products is diverse and oil behavior 
for example, volatilization and sinking and oil degradation and fate are also influenced by environmental factors such as salinity, temperature, and surface spills versus underground spills. Oil can impact living organisms both directly and indirectly, dermal contact, inhalation, ingestion, and bioaccumulation in food sources. Um, supposed windfall to cash-strapped eastern counties will not balance out when considering the cleanup costs and impacts that can pers persist for up to two decades and has been found in multiple studies. It's also been found that chronic spills have a larger influence on impacted population dynamics over the long term than acute effects of the spill. The Canadian tar sands oil has proven nearly impossible to clean up after previous failures like the 407,000 gallon spill from the Keystone Pipeline on farmland in South Dakota. Our region already struggles with freshwater, uh, groundwater scarcity, low precipitation, and minimal water infrastructure. We do not need to add increased risk for contamination, complex and costly. Suda, your time is up. If you could please wrap it up and severe disruptions to recovering native grasslands and hundreds of species. I urge you to not issue this permit to content further contaminate our waters and land. Um, and I urge you to think about my grandchildren and yours. Let's leave them with land and water that they deserve. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to go down the list. So next up, we have Joan Kresick. Joan, you have three minutes. Please state your first and last name. Thank you uh, for hearing our citizen voices on this enormously consequential decision before you. My name is Joan Kressich. A no on this 401 permit will be a deeply honorable no. It will be a no to a Canadian company with zero obligation to the people and lands of Montana. It will be a no to the threat of fouling the proud Assiniboine and Sioux rural water supply system that sits in crosshairs downriver, a system finally bringing clean water to thousands of people and growing, 13 schools and four hospitals. The tribe's voices have been ignored in the long permitting process, a very shameful repeat of our US history with indigenous peoples. It will be a no to bitumen, the lowest bottom of the barrel grade oil, what's left after we moved on from the 20th century fossil fuel area very much like picking rotted fruit after the harvest. It will be a no to the folly of a three foot diameter mega pipeline carrying a sludge like load, stubborn, unless chemicals make it move. No to tar sands, true to its name, its sandy grit scouring the insides of the pipe, wearing it down day by day. It will be a no to the anemic promises of safety from TC with no commitment of resources, no actual plans, a no, a no to the absolute surety that spills and ruptures will definitely happen, risking every mile of land the pipeline traverses, threatening wetlands and 201 waterways. Montana is no strangers to ruptures um, uh, the Glendive uh, water contamination has already been mentioned. Pipeline seeps, leaks, and ruptures are happening every single day in the U.S. It will be a no to watching as cleanup crews straggle in late hours and often days after a rupture with bare bones equipment and a skeleton crew. 
while the chance to contain the spill leaks away into our soil and water. But your no will also contain a whole world of yeses. It will be a resounding yes to the integrity of our human and natural ecosystems. It will be a yes to rightfully respecting the will of those on tribal lands. It will be a yes for the children and teenagers who matter deeply but aren't here today. It will be a yes to coming generations. They'll be grateful that you stood firm and so will we. Thank you. Thank you, Joan. Next up, we have Brody Robinmeyer. Brody Robinmeyer, if you're here, you have three minutes. Please state your first and last name. Good evening. My name is Brody Robinmeyer. Just wanted to uh, give my thanks to all you brothers and sisters who are here and uh, express my thanks for the land. Um, I know we're meeting from different places across this world. Um, but I wanted to express that sentiment and my deep, uh, deep appreciation for this place that sustains all of us. I'm coming to you from the Great Lakes region, so-called Canada. And um, I think it's important to make clear that I do not believe that this project is necessary. I believe that this project represents much more risk than benefit to all of us. I don't say it lightly, um, but this is not a necessary project, uh, contrary to what some of the executives or members of the fossil fuel industry would have us believe. And in recognition of the hard work that they have done this thus far, I know that there's many people who put in much, much hard work and care about trying to do good work with these projects. I would say to you though, even though these fossil fuels have provided us with the ability to, to be here tonight in some sense on these computers and these machines with wonders that we've kind of extracted from the earth, I think it's really important that in our rush to develop and extract that we don't lose sight of the wonders that are already here, the wonders that sustain us and support us and so I would ask you, the representatives of TC Energy and the proponents of this project and others like it, when do you think it will be enough? Do you think that this pipeline is gonna be enough to satisfy our desires and our hungers? Do you think maybe one more or two more? Is this something that's gonna just happen for the rest of the time, that this will be our relationship to the landscape? We just take and take and build more pipelines. I for one think that that view refuses to just come into terms with reality. The fact that physical world is limited and that we cannot keep taking, taking, taking. Um, I would hope that you who are part of TC Energy and of this project would seriously reconsider your efforts and recognize that we need you, but we're not doing this sort of stuff. <laughs> um, 
Thank you very much for the time and much respect to all the brothers and sisters who have voiced their concern and their opinions this evening. Yeah, much love. Thank you, Brody. Thanks to all the folks who showed up and spoke at this meeting. It was an illuminating and hopeful event. Just a reminder, you can still submit your own public comment about this permit application directly to the Montana Department of Environmental Quality at deq.mt.gov slash public slash public comment. Part of the mission of Oil & Water Relay is to get you involved, so now it's your turn. We also invite you to comment about Oil & Water Relay on our blog and social media. Tell us what you think. How is your relationship with the fossil fuel industry changing as you learn more? Oil & Water Relay is an independent project of the Systems Zoo, an educational collaborative making high-quality media for critical thinkers. Oil & Water Relay is created, produced, and edited by me, Joe LaVisca, and Rachel Dunkeld. That's me. Music by Alexi Damaray. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Oil and Water Pod and our website at oilandwaterpod.com. Support, as always, comes from our listeners like you. Like you. <laughs>